Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Disclaimer. This recording is not intended to be utilized as medical advice or a medical diagnosis. If you think you're in need of medical attention or treatment, please seek it immediately. This recording will also contain sensitive subjects such as binging and purging, weight and depression. Please listen at your own discretion and do what you think is best for you. Hey everyone, this is Jacqueline here. I am sharing this podcast episode. It's a pre-recorded episode from, I believe, April is when I recorded it, and I originally didn't air this episode because it felt really vulnerable and embarrassing and just like, I felt like a hot mess episode, and I was nervous to share it, and so I just kind of put it in the back burner, and then this week I was thinking about what content to post, and I wasn't feeling as in the mood to record content, but I looked back at this episode and I was like, I'll give it a re-listen because the message was good. And I was being too hard on myself. This episode is about my journey with being sober curious and checking out what it's like to live without alcohol and my journey with alcohol over the past year and things that I've experienced that, again, are vulnerable and a little bit embarrassing, but I think they're helpful to share for you guys, especially those of you guys that aren't sure if you're struggling with alcohol or not. In substances, this could be helpful for you. So hold on tight and buckle up. Just know that the episode is a little bit dated. Since then, the synopsis is my life has been a whole lot better with a lot less alcohol since recording that episode as well. But I just want to say if you guys are following along with the pause retreat that's happening August 3rd through the 7th in Mexico, and you would like to join, go to my website at bingebakers.com. I've been talking to a lot of you guys about it. I'm super excited, but it's going to be a private luxury retreat. Anyone who's looking for a break on their recovery and needing to get away, you want an excuse for a vacation, but you also need help with food and breaking through the rat race of life so that you can get your grounding with food. It's going to be an amazing time. We're going to have tons of adventures, group meals together, very grounding, very connecting, very private, intimate experience that I'm excited to have. I think it's going to be life-changing for me, but everyone else that goes. So if you are interested in that, it's called the Pause Retreat, happening August 3rd through the 7th. There are payment plans available for this retreat as well, because I know it's it's a private retreat. It's more expensive for that reason. But those those are available till July 7th. So don't hesitate. If you are interested, definitely check it out. It's at bingebreakers.com. And if you aren't sure, but you really want to go, you can send me a question or you can click on that page on my website and you can book a consult with me to talk about it. And I also had a few more spaces for private coaching open up. I've been fully booked since May. (laughs) It was the last month. Since May, I've been pretty much fully booked, but a few spaces have opened up. So if you are interested in working with me privately, one-on-one, we can do some great work together and I'll certainly help you with your recovery. So you can go to bingebreakers.com for that information too. Okay, enjoy the episode. Bye. Hey everyone, welcome to the podcast. It's girl Jacqueline here. Hello. (laughs) Today I want to talk about alcohol and why I don't really drink anymore. And I'll relate it to some things I've seen in my own life and with my clients and people I've talked to who are sober. But yeah, I really don't drink anymore. And there are specific reasons why I do drink occasionally. I wouldn't call myself um, completely sober because I still occasionally drink. But I think the older I get and the more that I have alcohol in my life, the less I want it. So we're going to talk about that. 
But for those of you guys that are new to the podcast here looking for bulimia recovery advice, this podcast will be more about alcohol than it is about behaviors. But I will talk about how it correlates to behaviors and recovery. But at first, I'm going to talk about my own personal story with it because I think that's, you know, how it can relate to you guys the best. And so I'll just dive into it. So since my recovery, which has been, I think, four years now since I've recovered from bulimia, which is crazy to think about, but it's been a while. And since like after I've always been open about this, but after I recovered from recovered from bulimia, I noticed that I had more intense cravings for alcohol. And it was we- pretty weird because since then, like before I had recovered and struggled, I never really was a big drinker. I would go out with friends or my boyfriend and we'd have drinks, but I was never someone that drank nightly daily, had an issue with alcohol. It was just kind of something I would drink and then be done with. And after I recovered, I started noticing cravings for just some vodka in the middle of the day or something. Like I never, I never indulged in those cravings because I knew this is out of character. This is weird. And I don't really want to be a person that drinks in the middle of the day on a weekday. It just doesn't seem like it's, it's in my character. And so it was easy for me to say no to those things. And then last year, I'd say 2022 is when I started noticing that my behavior with alcohol, I started drinking more regularly. I became that person that drank on the weekends, would have a glass or two of wine. And I would tell myself, you know, it's no big deal, not really a big issue. It doesn't seem to be negatively impacting my life, all these things. But I noticed that when I had alcohol and I had it on the weekends, it would turn into one or two days of nighttime drinking, that sort of stuff, and on the week weekends. And then whenever I had alcohol, I, w- I would be sleepy and tired the next day. I just wouldn't be performing as well. And then I noticed some health like disturbances from alcohol and maybe too much sugar in my diet. I started noticing again, like I had when I had lost weight originally from recovery, and there's some signs of potential insulin resistance. So I was like, okay. And in my family, for those of you guys I don't know, there are certain members of my family that are diabetic that have insulin resistance. So if there are genetic thing components with that, then I would be at risk for that too. And so it's like, all right, you know what? It's probably not good to be drinking every single weekend. Even if it's, I feel like mm, I can do it and still be functional in my life. This isn't serving me and I'm noticing some negative impacts from it. So we're going to stop. And then I stopped drinking at all, just cold turkey for about three months until I went on, I think, a vacation with my boyfriend to Disney and Universal. And I drank pretty much every single day on that vacation, which again is weird because I've never really been a person that's like looks forward to things for drinking. But since my recovery, I noticed alcohol became more of a center focus in my life of just having a desire for it. And it was fun, day drinking, whatever, moved on. And then I noticed after that vacation drinking became a little bit more part of my life. And then fast forward to Halloween of last year. I never spoke about this publicly because I was embarrassed, but I'm going to share it here. I drank too much on Halloween and turned into a disaster of the night where I was violently ill, like throwing up all that sort of stuff. Not very good. And after that, I felt so embarrassed, so ashamed that I I was like, okay, we're not, we're not going to drink very often. But then slowly but surely, drinking started creeping back in. Not not like, again, I'm not drinking during the weekdays, but if I'm being honest, actually, I would on vacation, Christmas vacation or whatever, I totally would have like a Bailey's coffee midday, just completely weird behaviors. And I would tell myself again, oh, it's not really affecting me that much. No big deal. But again, I was feeling sluggish, not so good, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like regretting, I'm already feeling the vulnerability hangover talking about this. 
But anyway, so what I did, the new year started 2023. And I think I had some sort of alcohol. Again, it wasn't a daily thing, but it was maybe, you know, drinking every three days or so, having some sort of drink and not getting drunk, but, you know, having a few drinks. And I had had a few drinks before I went to go see my parents, which I was supposed to see over Christmas break. And then I couldn't see them because of storms and Southwest fiasco going on in the States. So I had to go see them in the first week of January. Instead, we rescheduled for them. And my parents, they're not big drinkers. There's usually not alcohol around. And, you know, I I just, when I went there, I wasn't planning on drinking with them at all. So I just went a, a full week, you know, without any alcohol or substances. And I noticed how much better I felt. And I noticed how much mental, more mental clarity I had, how much just everything felt better. And I was like, wow. And I didn't have this desire to drink or have any, you know, just like a, a casual glass of wine in the afternoon, which I think society normalizes way too much. You see it on Instagram. You see it on um, movies. I forget what show. Oh, Ozark. The show on Ozark on Netflix. The wife is always like per episode having some sort of casual glass of wine with her husband while they're trying to figure out complicated issues. I think that just gives so many people disservice. Like, oh, having a glass of wine every single day is normal and you can function completely fine. No, no, that's not the case, but I think it's too normalized. So anyway, after seeing my parents, I it wasn't a formal decision, but I was kind of like, I don't, I don't want to drink regular anymore. Like we're, we're playing this game with alcohol where we're casually drinking sometimes and then not drinking but then whenever we drink it turns into a few days of drinking it just doesn't seem to serve our our life and look at how much better we feel so I didn't drink this past year for three months I didn't drink since the very beginning of January and I didn't miss it honestly I felt so good felt really great all this sort of stuff but we had this this past month it was my birthday month and my boyfriend texted me one day and was like, hey, you want to go to Las Vegas for a few days? There's some cheap tickets I see. It could just be this fun thing we do for your birthday. And I said, oh, yeah, sure. And I immediately thought then, hmm, do I want to drink? It's Las Vegas. You know, that's kind of what people do there. And I thought, yeah, well, we'll have a few drinks in Las Vegas. No big deal. Should be fine. And I also had an event that happened in February. It was concert. And again, my mind, it's like, my weird, it's the same thing with food of like trying to reward myself with substances of oh, should we drink during this concert? And I decided not to because I was enjoying being sober and I enjoyed the concert fully without any substances. But this is a long roundabout way of saying, I'm just trying to give you context to my alcohol journey. I go to Las Vegas with my boyfriend. First night, I had a glass of wine with dinner. Totally fine. No big deal. And it really didn't, the thing I noticed about that too is I didn't really feel much from it. It just felt like, yeah, I could have just not had that wine. But then the second day, we were walking around taking pictures. We really only spent 48 hours in Vegas. The second day, though, I saw people have these Fat Tuesdays, which is this like big, big smoothie that you can walk around with Las Vegas with alcohol. And I thought, oh, that's fun. It's my birthday or it will be my birthday next week. Like I can celebrate and that's Vegas. I won't have the Vegas experience. So I got one of those. And I didn't feel drunk at all. I felt a little bit tipsy drinking it, but it wasn't a big deal. Nothing, I didn't have what I can perceive to be too much alcohol. But then we went out for dinner and I ordered a martini. I didn't realize martinis were so strong. (laughs) And I had one sip of it 
And I think because of what happened in Halloween where I did drink too much alcohol, that there's no surprise to me why I got violently ill during Halloween of last year. I hope you guys aren't judging me, but I'm trying to be just fully transparent. So if you guys are going through this journey, maybe this will help you too. But I, I, in Halloween, had some hard alcohol and that taste I associated after that with being sick. And then when I went out to, to dinner after having all that sugar from the smoothie mark like slushy mix that they make you with the drink and then the alcohol I took one sip of the martini and the hard alcohol just I instantly started feeling nauseous and it was weird to me because I was like I haven't I haven't actually drank that much there's no way I could be sick but after taking one sip of that I actually told the waitress you know I'll still pay for it but I, I can't drink this martini can you just take it away I don't I don't want this I can't do it and I tried to eat the food with my boyfriend but that night I just got horrifically violently ill and this is tmi but it was like i could not keep water down i had diarrhea like the worst kind it's just awful and every single hour that night i got got up to throw up and it was very triggering actually because not only could like all my food disappeared right but then i couldn't drink water and then it was just so violent i haven't been that violently ill in a long time and so out of my control it was just awful and i couldn't eat the next day really with i was trying to sip a Powerade, nurse a Powerade the whole day and eat a bagel, but I just have flu-like symptoms the next day. And I remember thinking to myself, this, you know, having that drink for the day, the Fat Tuesday drink or whatever, it was okay, but it really wasn't worth this. If this is what's going to happen, if I drink alcohol, I felt slightly buzzed, but I would have been perfectly fine just having some sh sh sugar with my boyfriend. Like it really didn't need to be this way. And I was so mad at myself, even though, of course, if I had known I was going to get sick from that, I wouldn't have had it, but you can't know those things ahead of time. I just felt so ashamed too of getting ill from drinking again at 28. I feel like I should know better and all those things. And also since I teach people how to have self-control, right? How to take care of your body. And I remember having the thought of this, this doesn't have a place in our life. Like I can't have this happen again. It's happened twice in one year now, the Halloween event. And then this, if this is what's going to happen whenever I have heart, heart alcohol or anything like that, or alcohol in general, it just seems like every single time I have alcohol, it's either not that great or it completely ruins my night because that night we were intending on going out, going dancing, having fun. But the last 10 hours spent in Vegas with, with my boyfriend, which is supposed to be a really fun time, he was just watching Impractical Jokers while I was sick every single hour of the night and could barely make it through the airport without throwing up. Like It was just an awful, awful time. So I think moving forward, all that vulnerability shared to, to tell you like, I'm finding that in my life, alcohol just really doesn't have a place in it. And it seems like every time I drink it, I mean, people casually drink all the time, but I don't think that should actually be normal. And maybe you can have a relationship with alcohol where it's totally fine. But I'm kind of coming to terms with the fact that maybe that's not the case. I still, I'm not fully committed to saying I'm going to go... I'm going to go fully sober for the rest of the year. And I'm still trying to figure out what that is. If I'm resistant just because I feel like I don't want to put restrictions on myself or I'm resistant because I still feel like alcohol could offer me things, even though when I was in Vegas, it really wasn't that good of a time, didn't offer me that much. Or because I want to pretend like this isn't a problem. I don't know why I'm still in complete denial about that. But I do know that I will not be having any more alcohol till maybe the next event that I go to, which is my cousin's wedding in 
the end of May. And maybe even then I might just opt not to have alcohol because it just seems so bad. But to relate this to recovery, I feel like it's just a personal overshare podcast story. The reason I'm talking about this is because I see clients. I've had several different clients. I've had a lot of clients that are just sober. And then I've had several clients who are drinking during recovery. And I have one client where she just could not let go of drinking every single night, but that was causing her to overeat and then binge. But then when we'd have discussions about it, she was really resistant to giving up alcohol. And I think something to note about alcohol is that it puts you in this deficit and it makes you crave more of it. And I think like with any addiction, we think that the addict addiction itself is solving some sort of problem. And this client had a story, I'm not trying to throw her under the bus of, it makes me feel okay. I can't feel normal without it. I can't get decompressed without it. And when I first, you know, experimented with being sober last year for three months or four months, at first it felt like that too. It felt like there was an itch or during the weekend where I didn't have anything else to do, but usually I would have one to two glasses of wine. And when you remove that, it feels like I need something. I need to decompress. I don't have that fix there but it's actually the fix itself that's creating more of a need for the fix. Alcohol also is a poison. It just, there's really not a safe amount of alcohol. And I think they're finding more and more about that. I'm not shaming people who drink recreationally or do drugs recreationally. It's not really a big deal, but I do think if you're getting into those things, we need to be serious about what's actually offering you and what it's actually doing to you. And I think for me, alcohol just creates a need for more alcohol in my life. And I don't want a substance that is going to offer me way more consequences and it's going to offer me benefits. And I also notice with clients and myself too, when I have alcohol, I'm much more likely to overeat. And I think when I would was bulimic, if I had had alcohol, I was much more likely to binge and purge. And I've had many clients who, who have been sober from bulimia, if you will, for a long time. And then they drink too much. And then lo and behold, they have an episode and they're not big deals. They can move on from those things, but alcohol obviously impairs your cognitive functioning, your, your executive functioning, your ability to make better decisions for yourself. It, t- it removes an element of that. And you're not able to make clear decisions and you're much more likely to overeat. And last year, what I had done is I'm like, well, if we're going to drink alcohol, I'm okay with overeating. And I had just stopped resisting that so much. And just, if I'm going to have alcohol, I know I'm going to eat more food. But now as my life is progressing, I'm training for a 10K and I'm potentially going to train for a half marathon next, which I'm really excited for. Does a substance that makes me not able to make critical decisions for my health, is that something I want in my life? Is that something what you want in your life? Probably not. It just doesn't make any sense to me. And my client that was resistant to alcohol, that eventually she just, she did, I don't know what she's doing now. We just ended our coaching relationship because she was not willing to make that change with alcohol that was causing her to overconsume every single night. And then the overconsumption of alcohol and food was causing her to justify purging, which is reinforcing the cycle, making her wake up groggy. If that's you, I don't want you to shame yourself and I don't want you to feel bad about it, but I do want you to see what the real problem is. Maybe it's not alcohol that's making you feel so much better. Alcohol is creating a codependency that you have to have it in order to feel somewhat normal. And then if you remove that piece and that element from you, which I'm going to talk about in another podcast about reinventing yourself a little bit, but when you remove that piece of who you are, if you're a regular drinker, it does feel like something's missing at first. But then when you 
tolerate that discomfort and you move through that discomfort, you will start to feel better. If you don't feel better, it's probably a sign something else is going on. So if, and especially if you're heavily addicted to alcohol, you're heavily drinking, you probably need to get medically supervised to go sober because there could be withdrawal symptoms. There could be lethal problems going on there. So please get advice of a doctor if you're heavily addicted to alcohol. But when you remove it from your life, I find that you no longer eventually need it. And not having to need something, it's very similar to my relationship with bulimia where at first I couldn't ever imagine not wanting to binge and purge. And then I had to be that person that didn't binge and purge but still had desires to binge and or purge. And then eventually by not binge and purging regularly, I was just that person that had desires to overeat or emotionally eat, but I no longer wanted a binge and purging piece. And now the idea of overeating to the degree that I overate or binging or purging is not appealing to me whatsoever. And it's crazy that you'd go through that transformation. But at first, you had to be the person that wanted it, but didn't act because you knew deep down that it was just feeding the problem. That's the same thing I'm going through with alcohol right now. So I don't, I felt the need to talk about this, even though it seems like it's just kind of a, a me sharing my personal struggles with alcohol. But I wanted to share one to normalize it and to know if you're going through that journey, it's okay. You're not a complete failure. That's what I'm telling myself too, right? But also that these might be signs that your issues with alcohol are more serious than you think. And I think for me, I have a tendency to become addicted to alcohol. I could be an alcoholic very easily. And I think I just need to admit that to myself and know that. And I I have hesitancy to just label myself as that because when you label yourself, you start pathologizing yourself and you start, you know, maybe making problems that aren't there. But I find time and time again, the less alcohol I have, the better. And it's just better to be honest about that. And so if you're kind of going through that problem, maybe look at, you know, what are the days like where you don't have alcohol versus having alcohol? And then I also wanted to share that being sober can be just as fun. And I think just with bulimia too, there's that numbing agent to alcohol and there's that numbing agent to bulimia recovery. And alcohol, I feel like, takes away your ability to feel and I've found that through this year of only having alcohol, really twice, well, three three days out of this year I've had alcohol, and it's, you know, April 3rd, three days out of the year I've had alcohol, I've had such fun, rich experiences, and I've learned how to have fun sober and not use the dependency of drugs or alcohol to, or bulimia or food in order to have fun. And they can be a thing that provides you enjoyment. I know that getting in altered states of mind from drugs is very popular right now and people go to shamans and stuff like that. But for me, learning how to have fun without the dependency of substances has been such a freeing thing. And I feel like when I'm sober, I'm able to have much more enriching experiences and pay attention to things more. I was discussing with my boyfriend who doesn't really like to drink much at all. He'll maybe drink if I'm drinking, but not really. He just finds it, he finds he needs a lot of alcohol to even feel the effects of it and it doesn't make him feel good. And he's more prone to getting alcohol poisoning as well. So all those things, he's like, it makes me sleepy, doesn't feel good, tastes awful. I just, I really enjoy just being present and having my full mind there. And being sober really teaches you how to just be with yourself instead of trying to avoid yourself constantly with drugs and stuff. So I hope that this podcast is just giving you perspective on alcohol and the clients that I have had that have recovered from alcohol and are sober, no longer drink. It's been really helpful for them in their recovery journey. And of the clients that still drink, a lot of them that, that are drinking, 
usually that one client, unfortunately, I know I gave her what, what she needed at the time, but she just wasn't ready. And there was no amount of convincing I could do to try to get her to stop drinking. She had to make that decision for herself. But of the other clients I've had who drank regularly, a lot of them have tapered down their drinking. So if you want someone to work with you who is, I guess, bulimia recovery informed, eating disorder recovery informed, but also knows what it likes, what it's like to struggle a little bit with alcohol. I haven't struggled to the point where I've done really awful things because of alcohol, but I do know what it's like to have the desire to drink and then know that it's not good for you and then not do it. If you're looking for a coach that's going to help you with that journey, I certainly can. I can help you through those things and hold space for you. But I hope that this this podcast is giving you a perspective, at the very least, on alcohol and the damaging effects of it. I think the the biggest thing about it, just like how they they talk about bulimia in the media, is having a drink every single day, midday, needing a glass of wine at the end of the night. It could be part of a normal life, but maybe it's not. And maybe you don't want to be drinking all the time. And maybe on the other side of not drinking, your life is actually pretty beautiful without alcohol mucking it up. And I find the less I drink, the better I feel. The less I drink too, the less desire I have for it. So, and that's really, really freeing when you don't need it anymore. All right, I'm going to let you guys go. I don't I don't know if I'll release this podcast, honestly. Like it felt very vulnerable, but I just, I do want to share it to normalize alcohol stories and maybe this can be a mirror to you I find sometimes when I hear people saying things that they're aware of that are problems but I'm doing them and I don't realize it's a problem it's been really helpful for me really eye-opening so if this is your journey with alcohol maybe it's not quite normal and maybe you need to look into things okay (laughs) coming from someone who's been on the journey themselves and I am really it's been it's been like two or three weeks since that that alcohol incident. I haven't drank again. It's been really nice. I'm glad to be not violently ill. Also, with alcohol and throwing up, that felt awful. I can't believe I did that to my body daily for so long. Just, just fucking awful. Anyway, I'm going to end it here. I hope you guys are having a good weekend. I hope you guys have a wonderful weekend. And I hope that this has brought awareness to possible behaviors you're having with alcohol and make you take a second look at things, maybe redecide some things. <clears throat> And I do have four spaces available for private coaching right now, which my mind is saying as I'm speaking, like you just talked about how you were violently ill from alcohol. How could anyone want to hire you? But if you want a coach who's going to hold a safe space for you, who understands what it's like to be out of control with substances sometimes, I tell you, I'm your girl. You know, I get it. I have those compulsive desires still. So I understand it. I figured out how to deal with it. I'm a bit on my own journey. I'm no better than you, but I can certainly guide you in the right direction and help you. So yeah, if you're looking for private coaching for bulimia recovery, I work with people for six months at a time. It's usually a really fun journey and you can book a consult to see if we're a good fit on my website. Other than that, I'll let you guys go. Never give up on yourself, my friends. Bye. I'm